Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. Here with your host, Coach Donald. What's going on, good people? So today, I am excited. I ran my first ever half marathon race today, and it was amazing. And I was scared going into it, y'all. Two weeks ago, I did a 15-mile run, and I did it with City Bridges Running Club. Shout out to them. Shout out to Coach Kim. I ran with Marcel and Michelle and some other people, and there were, like, water stops. She had water stops planned for us. So there was a water stop at, like, mile five and another one at, like, mile nine and a half. Every, a lot of people were doing their virtual half marathon that day, and I think other people were doing, like, their virtual whole marathon for the Pittsburgh Marathon. So they had these water stations out, and then there were stoplights, and I ran horribly that day. Now, I was up late the night before, and more importantly, because I sometimes, consistently, struggle being on time for things, or at least just not being early. More so, I just, I'm never early. I didn't have enough time to warm up. I get there, I had to use the bathroom, I had to go catch up. I did, like, literally two reps of a stretch. I think I did a lateral lunge in a leg cradle and did like two reps on each leg and then went running. That was a bad, bad decision. I really should have just got a nice warm up, caught up to them when I caught up to them and just called it a day. That run hurt. I stopped so many times just on my own. In that run, the first 13 miles were like 155. And that was with me stopping my watch every single time we stopped well i rebounded this time y'all rebounded so did the ohio pow half marathon uh this literally may 16th i'm the, the day i'm recording this podcast is the day i did it this will be released several days after that race and yo it felt amazing shout out to angela we had a whole group of people uh, a lot of the people there were um mix of people a lot of them were river city athletes that i run with with my track club there also is a big overlap between that and ghp which is my coaching business there's another uh you know that was a big overlap there but there were i think there were eight of us that ran and everybody killed it first of all everybody killed it um shout out to lena lena is 12 i'm pretty sure she's 12 not 13 and she got first overall woman. She ran a 135 half marathon. Like, it's amazing. Shout out shout out to uh, Michelle and Marcel. They both won their age groups. And Marcel got like 33rd overall. Angela, she got, her and I both got third in our age group. Or did she get second? She got second or third in her age group. I got third in my age group. Angela paced me out. <laughs> I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have ran as fast as we did in our first six and a half. We went off, and she's just running. I'm like keeping up, and we're just yip yapping. Yo, it was so much fun just being able to talk through that first six and a half. And I looked back at my times after. I was like, oh boy, I was flying. And then I felt good on the way back. That was the part that I was really, really nervous about was the way back. But as you know from the name of the podcast, in regards to your arms. My arms carried me the whole way back. When that fatigue set in at mile eight, the arms carried your boy through. 
Shout out to Ananda and Beckett as well. They are two middle schoolers who ran this as well. Lena, Ananda, and Beckett are both middle schoolers, and they ran a half marathon. And, you know, they trained for this. Uh, Ananda and Beckett is the first time running this distance. Lena's done a, a couple before. And, you know, I had to make sure they understood the gravity of what they did. There are very few Americans in general who can go out and just run a half marathon with any, like, respect. There are so few people under 30 who would do that. Not to say that, you know, people under 30, obviously they're younger, but they don't run that far. You usually acquire more distance as you get older. So when you go to these races and marathons and half marathons, most of the participants are much older just because, you know, it takes years for people to want to decide to run that far. They are in middle school and they ran 13 miles and they're going to walk just fine tomorrow. That is so, so impressive. I'm so proud of them. I think it's amazing. Um, yeah, so they killed it and they also placed in their age groups in like top four. Your boy, I ran a 146, y'all. I'm so happy about that. I didn't stop. There was a car that had to drive through the trail. It made me stop for about two seconds because there was just nowhere to run. It took up the entire trail. Other than that, I didn't stop and I finished hard at the end. So there's like these two bridges, right? I forget those two bridges. I get to the one bridge and I start sprinting across the bridge. I love sprinting across bridges. And I'm like, oh, this ain't the end yet. <laughs> a couple, like a minute later, there's another bridge. But we sprint across, you see stuff in the background. There's like people out there like, yeah, Coach Donald, to take the photos. Your boy had the big form, you know, the knee, the, uh, the knee step over, got the big arms. I, I usually like stick my tongue out when I'm running, especially when I'm sprinting hard at the end of a race. And I'm like full form. People are like random people are like, oh, look at that finish. And there was like these two people that were running slow at the end that I caught one of them flew. Oh, it felt good. I could not believe I had that kind of strength at the end. But it's because of the arms, y'all. And so we talk about this podcast today about your arms. And it means so much. So there's two reasons, two big things that I'm going to kind of anchor this conversation about when it comes to your arms. First part is coordination, and the other part is like power, right? So coordination-wise, when you're running, your arms work with your legs. Your left arm goes down when your right foot goes down. In real life, we don't do Naruto running. You can't run fast that way. So I remember, but I don't, think, I don't know when Naruto came out. There were those kids in like middle school. Less in high school, but definitely a lot of them in middle school, who would like run down the hallway like that. I thought that was the strangest thing. I had no idea why they did that. I guess it's because Naruto, like, I see it way more now. There's way more adults that just watch Naruto now, but I think it's because Naruto came out when my generation were like kids and they just don't, they never stopped watching it. I don't know, but people, like, little kids still be doing Naruto run. Listen, y'all, you can't run fast that way. <laughs> your arms coordinate with your legs. And so when you're running, whether you're running as a sprinter or a long distance runner, they set the tempo for your legs. Your arms, the speed at which your arms go, your legs go. All right. If you're running your arms real slow, your legs are gonna go real slow. If you have a really small amplification in arm stroke, your legs aren't gonna go very far. They're not gonna punch the ground very hard. We'll get to that part later. But they coordinate it. And so 
when you're looking at setting a tempo with how many steps you want to take, you want to use those arms and focus on those arms and being able to set that pace. And when you learn how to pace yourself well, A, the breathing part is set, but then you can actually incorporate your arms to be learning how that pace feels. And so you can know if you have a nice bouncy arms and you're kind of just boom, you know, I like to tell athletes, pretend there's a proverbial drum in front of you and you're beating down through the drum and you got a little bounce to your stride, then you are able to A, use that elasticity that you have, but also you can use that to help determine the pace versus all right, if you're, if you're going to quicken up this cadence a lot and now it's quick and bouncy, well, then you know that your legs are going to be turning over a lot faster versus if you're going slow and you're trying to just get a nice long stride, then your legs are going to follow suit. And so you can change the speed at which you're running, not even talking about the force you're putting into the ground, but the speed at which your legs are getting back, your feet are getting back on the ground just by changing that arm speed. So if you're sitting here, if you're sitting and listening, you can just, you know, practice seeing how it feels to change your arm speed. If you're running and listening to the show, it's even better. And so if you're running right now, I want you to think about what the pace is you're doing right now. And what I want you to then do is make your arms move a little quicker, okay? Just a little quicker in how you're running. I'm like literally doing this as I'm talking. And so being able to just drop that hammer, this is the other cue I use, dropping the hammer down and drop that hammer a little quicker and feel what happens to your legs. What I want you to do now is slow it up and slow your arms, change that tempo to be a lot slower, and, you know, the, when I say that slower, I mean, it means your arms are coming forward and back a little slower and see how that changes the turnover of your legs. It's pretty different, right? One thing I like to do when I'm doing my longer runs, I was thinking about this a lot, like mile nine, was trying to have a nice bouncy stride because sometimes you get into a certain, you get into a certain flow, which is cool, but if you're trying to push the pace, you have to push the pace. And so what I do is I... I kind of bounce my arm down into some sort of circular motion. It's kind of hard to explain just over a podcast, but I'm running and there's some sort of a small circular motion, not like a swimming my arms per se, but a short like lateral sway almost that allows me to kind of just focus on bouncing with each side. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that, but being, I want you, if you're running right now to figure out how can you get more bounce? We talk about the sweet spot of your foot and feeling what your arms do when you bounce. If you do change how your feet hit the ground and you're trying to do that bounce, your arms will act accordingly and you know that rhythm of how they move will change. So see that, see how the up and downness of your arms changes your stride versus strictly going forward and back. See how if you move your arms from side to side a lot, how your stride changes. Feel that, your arms coordinate the rhythm and tempo of your legs. So if you're trying to speed up your feet, all you have to do is speed up those arms. If say you are running the 400 meter dash and you're a pretty fast, let's say you're not like a terribly fast 400 meter runner, which means you have to really change your pace throughout the race. Boom, you come out the blocks on the first curve, your arms are dropping big and, and fast, right? You're boom, getting around the curve. You get to the back stretch, and as many athletes, you know, are caught, 
you relax on the back stretch, which means that now your arms are way less tense and you're having a nice bouncy stride. Obviously, you're sprinting, so your amplification of your arms is big. Like you got big arm strokes, but you're not trying to, you know, pound down very hard. So you're just, you know, getting arms quick, boom, nice and relaxed. Then you get into the curve of that 400. And now, at least how I was taught in college, is you work through that curve. And so now it's it's more of the arm work. I'm driving my arms bigger. Oop, I hit the mic. Driving my arms bigger to fight through the wall that's impending. And then I get on that last hundred. And now it's a matter of, all right, how fast can I drop these arms and how big can I make them go? And so the arms can drive that whole race. When I'm running this half marathon, amplification-wise... Their mile eight was probably mile eight was actually faster than I thought. I could have swore I slowed down. Maybe it was mile nine, but like mile nine, I slowed down. And what I noticed was my arms just weren't moving as fast. I mean, I wasn't striking them down very hard, but they weren't moving as fast. And I kept trying to remind myself, all right, you got to move them a little quicker to pick up the space. Every time I pass somebody, move the arms just a little quicker to go catch up. And then at the end, when I talked about those bridges. Especially at the very end when I saw the people like that were out there, those arms were dropping fast. I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking about these cues, drop the hammer down, nice big arm, beat through the drum and, you know, drive those elbows down and back fast. All right. If I think about driving those elbows down and back fast, you get a stretch reflex. When I drop my elbow back and down, if you reach up and touch where your chest muscle meets your shoulder, that, that part gets tight. <clears throat> That gets tight and it snaps your arm forward. One thing I have people do day one for running drop practice is I want you to stand there and I want you to take your arm and I want you to strike it back hard and see what happens. And to some to varying degrees, everybody's arm snacks, snaps back forward. And then I tell them, I want you to bring your arm up high fast and see what happens. And they drive their arm up. A lot of kids and people will just leave their arm up there or some their arm just falls lacklusterly to the ground. And I'm like, you know why that happened, right? They're like, no, most of the time. Because all your arm does when you try to focus on driving it up is falls. But when you focus on driving an elbow back and down, especially driving that elbow back, it snaps forward. And so now you get a little elasticity from that tendon in your chest that snaps your arm back forward. And so that's what I'm focused on there. Now, the second part, why your arms are important, you need to practice using your arms and I really encourage you to try to see how it feels to focus on your arms to determine the pace that you're setting, especially when it comes to working through a difficult run. Try this a few times. Don't just try it once and be like, oh, this is awkward. Try it a few times and see how it feels when you run. This next part is about power. The bigger and harder you're swinging your arms, the harder your foot hits the ground. Like I said at the beginning, when my left arm goes down, my right foot goes down. If my right arm goes a small stroke, my right foot doesn't hit the ground very hard. It's a small stride length. When my left arm is huge and swinging from my chin to my pocket, then I'm getting a harder punch in the ground. My foot's lifting a lot higher to my butt, knees coming a lot more higher. And so now I'm getting more punch in the ground. If I get more punch in the ground, I get a bigger stride length. Remember, you have stride frequency, which your arms help set. And then you have your stride length, which is largely a product of how hard you're hitting the ground. And so 
whenever you are looking to speed up, outside of, of course, spinning your arms up faster, increase how big the angle you're swinging from your shoulder is. So remember, you're swinging that humerus, which is the upper bone of your arm, through a big arc down and back. So your hand travels all the way from by your chin all the way down by your pocket when you're sprinting versus let's say you're keeping a nice easy pace running a half marathon and you're running like eight minute mile pace. Your arms aren't traveling that big. You know, it's kind of going from like chest to your side and that keeps you from working too hard. If you're swinging your arms real big, you're working really hard. That's why sprinters swing their arms so big or if you're like a really elite long distance runner who runs at sub six minute pace for significant uh, distance, your arms are probably going to be pretty big to run that fast. And so that's something to keep in mind when we think about running, let's say the 800 meter run in like high school track and field or college track and field, or professional for that matter, but especially high school, because the speed demand, you know, if you're like a 215 runner or 225 runner, you're going to be running and there's going to be parts of the race, like at the beginning and at the end, where your arms are big, but probably at like 550 meters, your arms might not be that big, especially if you're like a 225 runner, which is, you know, fast, but like not like winning big meets fast. And so at that speed, your arms probably tighten up a little bit versus like, let's say you're out here running like a 158 in that your arms are big the entire time from start to finish because you need that kind of power to cover the track that fast. When I'm running this half marathon again and I'm trying to make these passes, every time I'm like about to pass somebody, I open the arms up, boom, swing them hard, drop the elbow, drop the hammers down hard. Now I think about drop the hammers down hard, zoom around the person, then I let my I let them relax a little bit. So one other thing when it even comes to that, uh, we do a drill with our sprinters and it's a, it's an on-off drill. There's another name for it and I don't remember the name that Vince Anderson has for it, but it's a drill that I use where I have my sprinter will come out of the blocks, good heart, 15, 20 meters. We have a 20 meter, 25 meter on zone where they're sprinting hard. Then I have another 30 meter zone, which is an off zone. And then another on zone. The on zones are when they're sprinting hard. So these are like, you know, maximal intensity at runs where you're dropping your arms hard. You're punching down to the ground. So, you're, you know, big arm amplitude, big arm force. And then on the off part, what now we're focusing on is keeping the stride frequency. You're trying to keep the cadence, but maybe your arms are not as big, not as powerful, but you're maintaining that momentum you just built up. And then you go back into swinging the arms hard and fast or harder again. And so even then, when you're sprinting, think about the backstretch of the 400, you can reduce the force that's in your arm to conserve energy, but you can still maintain your cadence. So it's very important in the 400, boom, you come out around the curve and you're flying and you're working through the, you know, the middle of the curve. And as you hit the straightaway, you just relax your arms. You keep them running at the same speed, but you just don't put so much force and effort into them. And then as you get through the curve and back onto the final straightaway, you put work back into them. Your arms dictate so much about how your body runs and they are easier to think about often than legs. Your legs are heavy. If you're tired and you're trying to think about your legs the whole time, at least this is for me. 
you know, other people may feel differently. But in my experience, when I'm working hard and I'm tired, it is sometimes often, actually often, really hard to think about lifting my foot up and over. I will think about lifting my foot to my butt and just hope I do everything else right after that. But the whole lift the foot to the butt and step up and over and hit the sweet spot of the foot. So a lot of these movement patterns are like ingrained automatically into me. But when my legs are heavy, it just makes me feel heavy to think about them. Versus no matter what I'm doing, my arms are lighter. They might not be light, absolutely. They might not feel absolutely as light, but compared to my legs, they feel relatively light. And so even then, I can still focus on what my arms are doing. And if my mechanics are that sound, my legs are going to do, my feet are going to do what they have to do. But if I focus on the arms, that's going to help my feet have a certain rhythm. That's going to allow my legs to punch in the ground with a certain level of force. And it's way less mentally burdensome to think about doing that with the arms. So good people, that is your episode for today. If you were running, I want you to think about that. I hope you practice doing some of those things I've talked about your arms, changing the speed at which you move your arms, move them a little faster than the pace you were going, move them a little slower than the pace you were going. See how your body responds to that. Have a little bit more up and downness to your arms with the intent to kind of bounce in your stride, bouncing on the sweet spot of that foot, right on the arch, transverse arch of that foot uh, where the bottom of the shoelaces are and seeing if you can get that bounce with the stride, right? Mm, being able to look at the amplitude, how big are you swinging your arms? How does that feel like it affects the power you're getting out of your running stride? When you swing them big and hard, do you feel yourself speeding up? When you keep them light and not so powerful and you keep the arc short, do you feel your stride shortening up? I want you to leave me a message. Tell me what you think of that. All right. Boom. That's the episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast with a teammate, with a running buddy, with a friend, with a with somebody who wants to know how to be able to run better. You know, if you're an ultimate frisbee athlete thinking about this, this plays a if you're any field sport athlete, you have a certain pace, let's say soccer or ultimate, you're running at, you know, 80% pace and then boom, something happens, you need to sprint. What you immediately do is you open up your arms and you start driving harder and you get bigger and faster strokes and boom, you take off. All right. Be intentional about that when you're practicing. So, yeah, like I said, make sure you like, subscribe. Please share this podcast with somebody. We're trying to get this podcast ranked. I want this to be able to reach other people. If you know people that you think should be guests on here, if you've been listening to the show, you've seen the kind of guests we bring on here, if you know somebody, put me in contact. We're getting some interviews set up. Got some heat on the way. And I, y'all, I'm so elated that I did that half marathon. Like, and I did it for relatively well for me. And so, yeah, cheers to that. But it's ultimate frisbee, so... I can't be going too crazy training for these long distances because it doesn't really help me with Frisbee in so much as the tempo runs I need to be doing so I can recover a little faster. But my legs feel like they have all the endurance in the world. But shout out to everybody who was at the Ohio Powell Half Marathon. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. Make sure if you're interested in being able to work on your running, you hit us up at www ghperformance.com check out our youth speed and performance program check out our adult recreational performance program we work with youth 
athletes, especially runners and athletes who need to run, but especially youth runners when it comes to cross country, track and field, helping you with getting faster, helping with getting your endurance right, helping with running properly. We do sessions. Our trackside program happens at 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday, uh, as it has been. And, you know, we can get you, in the gym, get you in the gym to do your strength training. And then also make sure if you're interested in getting some running programming, you hit up our virtual uh, training. You can find all of this on the website. We can get your programs written, talk about what you need to do to get out there and succeed, y'all. All right. And if you are looking to just get the strength part in, if you want to work on that power, we have a gym for you to do that. All right. Thank y'all, and I'm going to see y'all next time. Holla.